Good evening and welcome to another edition of BAMS Radio. I am Thomas Watts. Uh, Drew DeArmond is going to join us in a bit. So for the time being, they let me out of the production cage. Not only will I be talking about the statistics of the Austin P. Governors and the Auburn Tigers and really going over what was what looked to be a sleeper college football weekend that turned pretty interesting. I'll be doing that with William Redfish Barger. Fish, I'm, I'm going to try and do Drew's intro. We'll see if I can hit it first time, first shot. Member of the Crimson Tide from 89 to 93, a 92 national champion, good friend of the program, William Redfish Barger. Fish, how you doing tonight? Doing good, Thomas. How about you, buddy? I think I hit the intro, so I'm pretty good. You did, you did, you did. (laughs) Well, great. So Alabama has their their cupcake game against the Austin P. Governors. They win 34 to nothing. Uh, Frankly, Alabama probably shouldn't shouldn't have shut that team out. There there was some there was some let's just call it some some heartburn in the first half as Alabama started pretty slow. In the end, though, you know, you statistically, and I'll just do the statistics, and I absolutely understand figures lie in liars figure. Alabama had over 300 more total yards. Uh, the turnovers make me want to, you know, smash my face into a wall. Uh, won the time of possession battle. Won the first down battle. So overall, you know, it looks pretty dominant. But you know, Fish, what were your big takeaways, particularly uh, with the defense? You know, let's start defense first. Coming out of the Austin P game. Well, I mean, you know, I think if all somebody does, if they didn't watch the game, is, you know, look at the statistics, they're going to think it was sometimes, you know, and there again, anytime you can get a shutout, that's great. Um, and, and I will say this, I don't know what the head coach from Austin P was on yesterday. You know, maybe it was Adderall, maybe he did key bumps in the locker room of cocaine, but I have not seen a and I forgot, he, he's really young, too. I think he's only like 32 or 33 years old. Yeah, he's I have not seen us, an, which is horrifying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have not seen an adult on the sideline in Bryant-Denny Stadium that amped up and out of control since whenever Scott Cochran's last game was on the, on the Alabama sideline. But, um, you know, I mean, Austin P. you know, in the first half, you know, they gave the Alabama defense fits. I think they got into the red zone three times um, and, uh, you know, moved the ball and, uh, you know, did some, did some you know, yardage, I would say, damage, not, not scoreboard damage. But, you know, Thomas, it just, to me, I, I think from, you know, watching the game, you know, the positive takeaways for me um, – and, and this has been a, a struggle of mine since uh, September of 2007. I, it just drives me insane that, you know, Coach Saban waits until the fourth quarter to pull the, the, the starters. You know, that, that was always – and, you know, I know in this game they weren't up by a comfortable margin, but you, you could just tell that, you know, Alabama could line up. The hell, they could have put uh, Robbie Oots and at fullback and, and lined up Jace McClellan in the I formation and, and, and gone, uh, you know, power 34 toss, toss 48. Um, and, and, you know, you know, r- run for 500 yards if they had wanted to, um, you know, they were just better, um, 
you know, the, the Alabama offensive line was just better than, than, you know, the front seven for Western Kentucky. But, you know, it just drives me nuts because, you know, you've got a second-team quarterback in Jalen Milrow that I wish could have gotten a half, uh, you know, to work on passing. And, you know, when they do put him in, they let him pass a little bit, but not enough for my taste. I was glad to see Ty Simpson get in and, um, you know, go two for two with the two passes they let him uh, throw. But, you know, I, I, you know I, I just came from a culture when I was at Alabama, you know, under Coach Stallings, in, in games like that, um, you know, we, we would go in at halftime, and if we were up somewhere between 20 and 30 points, Coach Stallings would say, hey, you starters, if you want to take the rest of the day off, uh, the first offensive series of the second half, if you score – drive the ball, you know, deep enough to kick for a score or, you know, drive it deep enough and the punting team comes in and can punt it and make the other team have to drive 80 yards um, to score, you got the rest of the day off. And obviously, you know, I think Coach Saban's got more of a in an NFL mentality when it comes to that. But, but I do think it comes – uh, you know, kind of at the detriment of younger players, especially, you know, in, in the environment that we're in now with guys coming in and, you know, especially on the defensive side of the football. I mean, I always revert back to Marlon Humphrey. You know, Marlon was too small um, to really do anything as a true freshman. Um, you know, his second year he he played, but, you know, I don't think he still had a real good concept on, uh, the playbook, you know, year three, he comes in, you know, plays lights out, and, he, you know, he jumps to the NFL, and now he's one of the, you know, the best DBs in the NFL. But, I, you know, I, I just – I've got more of an old-school mentality about, you know, giving the backups some some developmental time in a, in a game like Austin P. I I mean, obviously, I know, you know, you can't do it um, you know, in the Texas game or the Texas A&M game or obviously the Tennessee game when you're fighting for your life. But when you get these opportunities, and, and there's only a few of them each season, um, I, I wish the backups got more of a chance for developmental time in Bryant-Denny Stadium um, to, to get out there and show what they can do. But um, it is what it is. I mean, Alabama, um, you know, even though it wasn't a, a high-scoring game, I mean, you could tell that they could do whatever they wanted to on the ground against uh, Austin P. Um, you know, statistically, I mean, the, the the two Alabama turnovers certainly caused some heartburn. Um, you know, if you look at the stats, I mean, I enjoy the, the highlight of the game for me. Um, Thomas was, you know, seeing Jaheim Otis out there, even with a bum knee. Uh, you know, getting back to, you know, what he's shown he can do as a true freshman, um, you know, did did a lot of damage, even though the stats don't really show it. I think he had, you know, a couple of QB pressures, I think a half a tackle for a loss. Um, you know, Brian Branch continues to, um, you know, show why he's going to be an all-SEC performer when that list comes out in December. But, you know, it just – it, to me, overall, on both sides of the football, um, outside of maybe James Burnup punting and Kool-Aid McKinstry not really getting kicked to, 
um, it, it really interested or motivated in playing. And, and I think the the listless point is well taken, and that's part of where the heartburn comes in. Alabama did struggle in the first half. You know, statistically, again, very dominant. But if things go a little bit differently, that 17-14 going in at the half, that's – I mean, let's be honest, I don't think anybody would find that acceptable if you looked at this game on, you know, a Friday afternoon or whatever. And I understand what you're saying, and I agree. I do think we had some – folks come back you know you mentioned Jaheim Otis he was able to make a positive contribution uh Amari Nyblack was around a little bit he had a kind of silly drop because of the injury to Cam Latu Jace McClellan is putting his name in as running back one starting next year I mean that guy over the past two weeks he's been running hard he's been doing what he can do I realized that the Alabama offense particularly on the ground could, you know, student body, as you said, student body left, student body right 50 times and win the football game. But McClellan did McClellan things, and, you know, we'll see. I think more than anything, you know, your point I wanted to bring, circle back to something you said with Brian Branch. I'm not sure that Brian Branch will be around at Alabama next year. He might test those NFL draft waters. No, I, I totally agree and, and, and uh, about Brian Branch. I mean, he's just a, a good overall football player. You know, he lays the wood um, when he comes up and runs support. Um, you know, I think he's good in coverage. Um, you know, we could probably circle back to, you know, the Alabama versus Tennessee game and, and, and maybe ask questions as to, you know, why he wasn't more involved in that game. You know, maybe you um, bring in Desmond Ricks for carry on Arnold and, and maybe make, um, you know, Brian you Eli Branch. Eli I mean, excuse me, Eli Ricks. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of recruiting, not, not yeah, today's I, game. I, I, want, yeah, um, I wanted to just make sure, but go ahead. And, and, and so – you know, maybe Brian Branch you bring in for, you know, DeMarco Hellams, who, who I, I, you know, look, I got a lot of respect for DeMarco Hellams as a, as a guy that plays in the box and runs support. And, you know, you know, these guys, you know, these coaches look at these players a lot more than I do. And, um, you know, I mean, Hellams to me, you know, might need to go the way of, of Mark Barron and bulk up a little bit and become a linebacker at the next, you know, the next level. He might have a future at that, but, you know, he's just not very good in coverage. Um, but, you know, and, I, and I, I think that Alabama, especially on defense, has the, you know, the horses to do things differently. Um, you know, it's just almost like somebody makes the decision that they don't do it. Um. But, you know, and there again, like if you just glance at the statistics, it was a dominating performance on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, but it, it was just kind of a ah shucks performance for me, you know, based on what I saw on the field from, from the performance. You know, you know, once Coach Saban did start subs, you know, you, know, you lose Tyler Steen, 
Um, I, I'll say this about Amari Kite, you know, in his play at left tackle. You know, I, I think Amari Kite may have a future um, if, if, you know, he gets a little bit more dedicated to the strength and conditioning side of the game. Um, you know, inside as a as a as a guard or maybe right tackle, but you know he's not ever going to be, you know, an elite performer at left tackle in the SEC or at the next level. But you know he he comes in, you know, especially against uh, you know a program like Austin P, and you know gets the job done. Um, you know, hopefully Tyler Steen um maybe can get to a hundred percent by this Saturday uh, versus Auburn. But you know I, I think he's had that ankle injury that, that caused him to make an early exit yesterday for a couple of weeks now. But, um, you know, it, 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 it's good to see, I think, from a statistical standpoint, you know, having that shutout, that's great. I think it's maybe have set a record for Nick Saban, um, you know, since 2007 with all the uh, shutouts that he has pitched. But if, if you just look, and, and, you know, one guy that you mentioned just a minute ago, Thomas, um, that 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 really bothered me a little bit. The one target that Amari Nyblack had, um, you know, was a little you know skinny in route over the middle, and he dropped a very good pass from Bryce Young because he heard footsteps. And I was like, you know, in, in today's game of being a receiver, um, you know, in college football, why would footsteps even bother you? Um, you know, especially as pass happy as SEC officials are right now, you know, you're either going to get an interference flag, a targeting flag that might get reviewed, but it's not like this is, you know, 1985 and, uh, you know, Ronnie Lott's going to get to be able to decapitate you at the NFL level. That bothered me a little bit because it reminded me a lot of of, uh, Jamil Billingsley a little bit. Oh, man. That 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 is a name that shall not be spoken on this show. Um, it uh, it the, the meme for the 2021 season was that name which shall not be spoken was turned into a verb and it is for being a blo- being a blockhead and doing all the crap you could possibly do wrong wrong. But I, I think the the big thing for me, you know, let's kind of put a bow on Austin P. I think Alabama it. They didn't get the reps that I was hoping to get. You know, I was really hoping the nacho guy, if he had some some eligibility time left, could come out of the stands and get a couple of carries, that kind of a game. That didn't materialize, and that happens. I think that I'm still really excited. I know I sound like a broken record. I'm excited to see what Jason McClellan has turned into. Nothing against Jameer Gibbs. I just – I think Alabama, from an identity standpoint – in a lot of ways, needs to have a sledgehammer as a back to balance out what, what what has been a Bryce Young passing attack. But it just, you know, for whatever reason, it never really coalesced. I do think one thing that's worth mentioning, and it was said on the broadcast yesterday, is part of the reason that you look at this Alabama offense and it looks kind of unsettled, and frankly, I think unsettled is being kind, is Bryce Young has had to take time to develop with these wide receivers. You know, we talk about the true freshman group being very, very talented, but you need to keep catching passes from Bryce Young in practice. Well, he didn't have a month of that 
uh, for because of his shoulder. So it's one of those things where, you know, it sucks, but I thought that was an interesting highlight. And, you know, we are doing it live, William. We're joined by Drew DeArmond. Drew, you've been covering basketball. We're kind of trying to wrap up Austin P. but what did you see coming out of the Crimson Tide on the field at Brighton Denny Stadium this past Saturday? Well, you know, I thought it was a flat performance, uh, kind of emotionless. But I, the one thing I will say that's come out of the last six quarters is I think we've seen the real Jace McClellan. Um, he's provided the thump that I thought he would in the running game before the season. But sometimes, as William will tell you, being a former college athlete himself, it takes a full, over a year to get over an ACL and regain your confidence. And I think he has. I, I think the offensive line is getting better. Um, I thought some of the sacks Saturday were on Bryce, especially the one on the, the safety blitz, because he just, you know, he didn't, you've got to see that and go to the hot. I mean, I didn't really think that was the O-line's fault. I actually thought Amari Kite played pretty decently at left tackle, and sounds like Steen's got a, got a uh, you know, an ankle, so we'll see if he's available. I asked Seth McLaughlin about a kite, and he said kite was his guy. He thought he played really well. Um, you know, I asked him about competing with Dalcourt. He said he and Dalcourt have always supported each other. He loves Dalcourt. He just we just have to be ready when our numbers call. We consider both of ourselves starters. So, you know, I just you know I, I will say this. I I think the last six quarters they've been more patient with the running game, William, and I hope that continues against Auburn because against good teams, Auburn's had trouble stopping the run. And vice versa, Auburn is going to challenge Alabama. This is going to be about run fit, about motivation. And, you know, can you, uh, can you strike somebody up front and stop the run? Because Auburn, the last two games, they found their identity under Carnell. They're going to, they, they're going to feed the ball to Tank and to Jarquez Hunter. Both have had 100 the last two games. And so they're limited in what they can do throwing the football. And if they can put you know, Ashford in some situations and, and, and put them behind the sticks, I think they can get off the field on third down and even create some turnovers. And, I, what, and then that pleased me yesterday, too, that Alabama was finally able to create three turnovers against Austin P. Well, you know, excuse me. Um, um, I, you know, I know you joined us late, but this, this is something that you and I have talked about for, hell, at least a month. You know, my, my take on the running back position at Alabama, Drew, and I think you'll probably agree with me, I, I think Jace McClellan is the best pure running back um, in, in the Alabama running back room right now. I'm not so – and I and I, I do like Roy Dell as, as that change of pace guy. Um, you know, maybe in 2023, you know, I'm not so sure if, if, if Jamarion Miller – um, can't add some spice to, uh, you know, that gumbo pot. I will say this. I mean, I, I'm not so sure, at least up until the point that he got injured, um, that Jameer Gibbs, um, you know, from the line of scrimmage to 15 yards downfield, I'm not sure if he wasn't the best wide receiver that Alabama had. Yeah. Um, but, but before you, you checked in, that, that's exactly what I was telling Thomas Watts was, um, you know, every time I see Amari Kite get some garbage time reps at left tackle, I mean, he, he holds his own, you know, not just, uh, you know, versus Austin P, but I've seen him do it against the SEC, um, you know, competition. I, I think Amari Kite, if he 
you know, gets a good agent uh, one day that could get him maybe motivated and, and, and uh, focused more on the strength and conditioning side of the game, um, you know, he's not going to play left tackle in the NFL. That's obvious. Um, maybe right tackle, I and mean, that might be a stretch, but I think he might have a, you know, a future uh, making a damn good living, um, you know, at, at left guard or right guard um, at the next level. Um, you know, as far as the, the debate between, you know, Seth, uh, Seth McLaughlin and, and Darian Dalcourt, I just think that offensive line, and, you know, it, it's, it's driven me nuts, um, you know, since the Texas game. I think that offensive line um, from left to right is better when Seth McLaughlin's at center and Tyler Booker's at left guard. And I don't know why that hasn't become a, a permanent fixture. I mean, I've got my own suspicions. I'm not going to, you know, mention them on this podcast. But, you know, l- let's wrap up because you, you've already alluded to some things. Um, you know, let's wrap up the Austin P talk and, you know, focus on the Iron Bowl. And, I, you know, we'll, we'll get, I know at the end of the show, we'll get down to the predictions. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm not concerned about Alabama losing the game this coming Saturday. But I will say this. I mean, you know, say what you want about Cadillac. I know he's not going to be the, you know, the next permanent head coach at Auburn. But, you know, he's got those players believing. Um, He's got some guys on that staff that have, you know, SEC experience that, you know, Cadillac and, um, you know, Will Friend for sure um, have some experience in iron bowls. Um, and, you know, and I think the, um, you know, the defensive staff is pretty much a holdover from, from the uh, Brian Harson staff. But I, I think, you know, if Robbie Ashford was capable of, you know, being a threat in the passing game, I'd really have some concerns about this game. Um, because I think what Auburn's going to find when they show up at Bryant-Denny Stadium Saturday is a disinterested Alabama football team and a very, you know, and I hate to even use this term um, because I'm not a fan of it when it comes to politics, but when it comes to college football, I think you've got a woke Auburn football team, even even though it's, less talented on paper than, than the Alabama team. And, you know, Robbie Ashford is kind of a liability as a passing quarterback. But, you know, if, if, if uh, Will Friend and, uh, you know, Coach Caddy and, and everybody that's involved in the offense down there at Auburn right now can come up with a plan to kind of turn Robbie Ashford into a dual-threat quarterback with maybe some, you know, zone read stuff, um, getting him outside of the pocket with run-pass options. I mean, Drew, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I'm not going to give you my point prediction right now, but I, I, I think this Auburn team is a lot more motivated than the Alabama team, and I think they're going to give Alabama hell for two, maybe two-and-a-half quarters Saturday. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I do think this Alabama team needs to respect Auburn and understand they're going to come in with their hair on fire. They're playing for a bowl game now. 
Um, you know, Carnell Williams has them believing since they got it done against A&M. And they were much better in the second half, shutting out, uh, you know, a potent Western Kentucky team. Uh, you know, this is Alabama's chance to, you know, get 10 wins in a season for the 15th year in a row to kind of rewrite the end of their season after the two disappointments that were – and then they, they ought to just look at Tennessee and, and, and just understand that if you don't come in with everybody on the same page with the Jeremy Banks situation, even though he was a, really a turd for the majority of his career at Tennessee, he still was a really good player. I mean, if, you, if you're not focused, you can lose. And certainly, uh, you know, uh, as we, you know, it, we saw, Spencer Rattler became Steven Garcia for a night through six touchdowns in South Carolina after losing 38 to six uh, to the Gators in the swamp turn around and annihilate Tennessee, uh, you know, 63 to uh, 38. So anything can happen. Uh, you have to respect Auburn and they, and they ought to know from last year, Auburn played them off their feet, really should have won the game. They're going to come in super motivated. And so hopefully Alabama is going to be a hungry football team. If they're not, uh, they're going to be in for a four-quarter fight because, it's, you know, how much does it mean to them? How much does it mean to win 10 games? How much does it mean? Because some of these guys, well, some of these guys, this is going to be their last game in Bryant-Denny Stadium. And, William, you and Thomas may have discussed this, but it may be some of their last games because we know how it works now. If you're not in the playoff and the SEC championship game, a lot of guys skip the bowl game. Uh, three years ago, we saw it with Javon Diggs, uh, and he's gone on to a really nice career. We also – you know, saw it, uh, you know, with the, with the, with the, my man that's with the St. Louis Rams, or excuse me, the Los Angeles Rams. I knew I'd do that. Uh, but the Los Angeles Rams, he got a Super Bowl ring last year. But, Terrell you know, Lewis. Terrell Lewis, yeah, he took, the, he took the bowl game off as well. So he's got a Super Bowl ring, and it worked out for him. He didn't go in the first or the second round like I think he thought he was going to in the third round. But Terrell Lewis and, and Trevon Diggs, uh, appreciate it, Thomas, uh, you know, they took the bowl game off. So, again, you just have to wait and see. I'd be surprised if Bryce played in the bowl game. But I will say, he he played nearly the whole game. And, I, you know, that was because Alabama didn't play that well against Austin P. But he played against that level of opponent. So, it's not to say he won't play in the bowl, but I think there's a strong possibility he won't. So, this is a chance to put on some good film, beat a, a, a pretty good football team. It's a one-dimensional team, though, that if Alabama will show up, and play assignment football and stop the run and not be soft, they can win it impressively. But I don't think they'll cover that 21-point number, I'll tell you that. I, William, I was surprised that the point spread was 21-and-a-half. I, I was as well. And, and you know, I, I lived through, you know, th this rivalry. I, I think it was four Auburn Iron Bowl wins in a row. Um, you know, the 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 – my, my, my redshirt freshman season, um, I started the last four games, and, and one of those was, um, you know, ending that Auburn streak of, I think, four wins in a row in 1990. And by far and away, um, that they were the more talented team on paper. Um, you know, Pat Dye wasn't losing a lot of recruiting battles to uh, Bill Curry and um, maybe going all the way back to the last uh, – you know, season that Ray Perkins was there. And, you know, I, I think this Alabama football team in 2022 is going to, you know, come up against a very motivated, you know, a team that's going to play with their hair on fire. Um, you know, say what you want about Cadillac Williams as the interim head coach at, at Auburn. Um, you know, he may not win the press conference, 
But, you know, he's got this fan base and this team uh, believing. And, you know, I, I think, you know, you'll hear it when I give my score prediction here in about 30 minutes, um, what I think about the whole thing. But, um, you know, I, 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 and I would be even a little bit more negative if, if Robbie Ashford was a threat as a throwing quarterback. And, you know, I think Alabama's probably better in the front seven um, than, than, you know, what Tank Bigsby and, and Jaquez Hunter can do um, on the ground. But I still think, like, like I, I was telling Thomas before you joined us, Drew, I, you know, I think Alabama's going to face a team with their hair on fire. And you may see uh, – you know, Auburn give them all they want for two, two and a half quarters Saturday. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I still remember, uh, you know, when you guys won it in 92, Coach Dye's last game, it was nothing, nothing into the third quarter uh, before, uh, in my opinion, the greatest cornerback to ever play for Alabama. Antonio Langa made one of his signature plays and ran the interception back down the sideline for a seven-nothing lead. You had a field goal, then Sherman goes in. Uh, late in the second half to ice it and go and win 17 nothing, but it wasn't a, a beat down. It was a it was a fist fight uh, that Auburn stayed in the game for quite a while. So, uh, and and I'll just say this: if Carnell were to pull the shocking upset, he'd probably get the head coaching job <laughs> with uh, <laughs> knowing the way Auburn works. But hopefully, Alabama's going to handle business. I do think Alabama's headed for some coaching changes. Um, you know, I was hearing some things after the game yesterday. Don't want to go into them right now, but. Certainly, you know, we'll have to see how focused the coaching staff is as well. But hopefully this coaching staff and players understand this game and what they need to do to get it done and uh, and, and finish it off the way they need to and, and get that 10th win. And then you're, you're talking Orange Bowl or uh, Sugar Bowl probably, a New Year's Six. You're not going to get into the playoff very likely. Very, very small chance. I know Tennessee's eliminated now. Um, LSU's probably happy. They're, they're still going to be in the mix because – Ohio State or Michigan, one of those two is going to go by the wayside. And, and one, they, mo- they both may still make it, though. I will say uh, their strength of schedule has taken a hit. So it's going to depend on what happens with USC as well, uh, if they can stay hot. And the Pac-12 has actually improved. So And TCU. They need TCU to lose. But TCU seems to have that magic with Sonny Dykes right now. So we will see. But, again – I just think – I hope Alabama stays patient with the run, take some of the pressure off of Bryce, use the short, quick passing game. It was good to see Burton have his best game. Sometimes it takes these transfer portal guys over half the season before they get comfortable, and he looked comfortable yesterday. Uh, they didn't play, you know, Ja'Cory very much, but he's come up big for him. Saban's been happy with him, and maybe it'll be time for one of these – I'll just – I hope everybody will forgive me on this podcast, but I'm just going to use the term that you need to – Hopefully somebody like Isaiah Bond or, uh, you know, one of these freshmen or Kobe Prentice, you'll see, continue to see their nuts drop. And maybe somebody will, you know, make some big plays in the Iron Bowl to kind of cement it. Or even Amari Nyblack. You never know. You may get a chance if Cam Latou is uh, a little limited. So maybe somebody will step up. Nyblack had a drop yesterday that was kind of frustrating. I mean, these, these guys are young. But, again, the Iron Bowl is where you can kind of make your bones. So, Hopefully Alabama will do that. And then defensively, I mean, I agree with you, William. I think Alabama's got the more talented front, but they need to rush the passer better. They didn't record a sack against Austin P. I felt like that was frustrating. We need to see Dallas Turner, Will Anderson, 
Byron Young, those guys need to show up Saturday, no question about it. Uh, well, you know, Thomas and I had talked about this, um, you know, before you jumped in, Drew, and that was one of the most frustrating things to me about the Austin P game yesterday. I mean, we, you know, we kind of touched on, um, you know, if you didn't watch the game, you just look at the, the box score, um, you know, it, it looked like a dominating performance by Alabama, despite the fact that, you know, Western Kentucky, despite having the stats, you know, got into the red zone three times. Um, and one of the most frustrating things to me that I saw yesterday was Amari Nyblack, you know, catching a seven to eight yard crossing route um, and channeled his, you know, inner Jahil Billingsley role and dropped it. Yeah. Um, that, that was, that was a huge, you know, red flag for me, you know, other than the fact that, um, you know, the team just looked disinterested. Um, you know, that being said, I, I, I think that, you know, you know, I, I went through a thing with Thomas where I talked about how frustrating it is to me that, you know, when, when Nick Saban gets these kind of games that he got yesterday. And, you know, that, that game was never in question, um, you know, Austin P wasn't going to score a lot of points. It was obvious that, um, you know, I'm not going to go into the Bill O'Brien playbook. I'm going to go into mine. It, it was obvious that Alabama could have lined up with, you know, Bryce Young at quarterback and Jace McClellan at running back and, you know, run the Gene Stallings playbook of, um, you know, blunt 34 and toss 48 to, you know, till hell froze over. And, and, you know, picked up seven to ten yards of a lick and, uh, you know, gotten out of there. But, you know, the, 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 the big thing, and, you know, Drew, this is a big struggle for me. Um, you know, even a guy that, that was coming from the NFL, came to Alabama, um, the, you know, the, the, the agreement that we had with Coach Stallings, he would always come into the locker room at halftime and say, hey, man. You starters, if you want out and you want out quick, uh, go back out there in the second half and make that other team. You know, you can either score, kick it a score, or make the other team kick the ball 80 yards and, uh, you know, have to come back on the other end. I'm going to give you the rest of the day off. And, you know, I just don't understand, you know, Coach Saban's you – know, this goes all the way back to 2007. I just don't understand his mentality of, you know, leaving a guy with an injured throwing arm in there like Bryce Young. But to a bigger extent, you know, if you're going to put Jalen Milrow out there, if you're going to put Ty Simpson out there, you know, let them work on the things that they need to get better about you know, it's not handing the ball off to, you know, Roy Dale Williams or Jamarion Miller or, you know, Joe Shit the Ragman at running back. Let them throw the ball around a little bit. Yes. And, you know, in, in Jalen Milrow's, you know, instance, um, you know, we know what he can do on, on RPOs when he tugs the ball and he takes off. Um, you know, we, we know what he can do. Um, but, you know, you put Ty Simpson in the game. You know, he's, he's two for two. Um, 
that, that that's that's a frustration point for me. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to move on from the Austin P game, and and you know we'll, we'll focus on uh, you know the Auburn game for the next 30 minutes. But I, there there's just so many things about uh, you know this 2022 team that frustrates the hell out of me. And you know when I get through bitching about it to a friend of mine, I got to remind myself it, it's not player X Y Z. I'm bitching about the greatest of all time college football head coach. And that, you know, I got to keep that in check. And, you know, I got to that point yesterday, but when it comes to, you know, what's going to, you know, play out on the field Saturday versus Alabama and Auburn, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm scared to death that, you know, um, that fan base, that team, that coaching staff, um, is basically going to give them hell for two, two and a half quarters. Maybe the talent level flips over, you know, late in the third quarter, fourth quarter, but I'm not going to make a prediction where Alabama covers that spread. Absolutely not. Well, you know, I, no, I'm not either, but uh, I just got to believe that they're going to be able to, and, I, and I'll say this, the team has competed all year. Um, they've played hard. I got to believe they're going to play hard Saturday. Uh, they'll be much more motivated against Auburn, um, I think. I, you know, I've got to believe that because um, I know it, there's there's several guys on the team that understand the rivalry. Some don't, I probably, uh, you know, that aren't from the South. Uh, but I think they probably also remember last year that we were very fortunate to escape. And, uh, and again, it's about a legacy as well with some of them. I mean, you, you, it's going to be your final chapter maybe ever at Alabama or at least your final home game is going to be senior day. So, you know, you've got to take care of this, you know, rivalry. You've got to continue to uh, con- control the state of Alabama in a way. It definitely helps recruiting. They're gonna, there's going to be a lot of great players there. I know Richard Young has already announced he will be there. I think a lot of their commitments will be there. Some of their top targets certainly will be probably, uh, you know, uh, Reuben Bain, uh, the, the pass rusher deluxe out of Miami Central. So, we know that the, it'll in the crowd. It'll be ten, the much more electric atmosphere. It'll be a full house. I fully expect that uh, this time. So Alabama's got to be ready, uh, no doubt about it. And I, I'll say this too: um, I, another thing, you know, that I I, I hope to see uh, is, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, as far as weapons being utilized uh, for Alabama, is I hope, uh, you know, that we see. Uh, Jace McClellan and uh, what well, and uh, Jameer Gibbs together on the field. We did that. They did it early. They haven't done it as much. William, a split backfield, maybe use Jameer Gibbs in the slot. He's the kind of guy that could give Auburn a hard time, no doubt about it. And the one frustrating thing about this offense, and it even took place yesterday, is if you looked at it, Alabama. They certainly you know, uh, had over 500 yards of offense, but they didn't make a lot of explosive plays. And so, and and they're, and and, you know, just like one of their touchdown drives, uh, you know, 13 plays, 92 yards. I believe that was the first one. Uh, He took 13 plays to score against Austin P. It's very difficult to do that against a good defense. So Alabama has to find a way to make some explosive plays and they better be ready too. Because if you've watched Cadillac uh, and then yesterday, Jarquez Hunter threw a 20 yard touchdown pass. Auburn will empty the tank. They are going to try some, you know, 
trick plays and some misdirection and things of that nature. So discipline is going to be a real key defensively, William, for Alabama on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. They're going to empty the kitchen sink. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, these guys have, you know, come out Cadillac and, um, you know, Will Friend and, and Ike Hilliard and all the guys that are on the, the Auburn staff. I mean, you know, they've had control of this offense now for three or four weeks. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You know, Drew, my angst is more maybe they want it more than, you know, yeah. what you're seeing in Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, you know, if I was Bryce Young's father, uh, no way he would play in the bowl game. Um, if I was Willa Anderson's father, you know, no way he plays in the bowl game. Um, you know, those guys need to – well, hell, they both probably made – a lot of money in the last two years um, under under the NIL stuff. But, um, I, you know, the, the, the thing that just concerns me, and, I, I you know, I don't think Alabama's going to lose, but it's going to be can Nick Saban get this team that really has, you know, going all the way back to the, the road game uh, versus Texas which I was really wrong about, you know, can, can Nick Saban get this team motivated, um, you know, to step up versus a team that's going to have, you know, their hair on fire. That that's, that's the big question that I have. And, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes from now, um, you know, let's talk about what lays out there for, you know, the Auburn head coaching position, because, you know, we all know it's not going to be Cadillac Williams. And at the end of the day, I'll say this, as a former college athlete, um, the fact that Cadillac is doing what he's doing for his alma mater, um, you know, when he's got a net worth close to $10 million, to me, is, 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 one of the most positive things that I've seen, I know, I know Alabama fans don't want to hear this in, in regards to, you know, what you're going to see Saturday in the Iron Bowl, but you know, what Cadillac Williams is doing for his program, he, he's totally gotten those fans bought back in, uh, gotten those players bought back in. And, you know, I know he's not the most, you know, uh, well-spoken guy in a press conference and, and, you know, when you put a microphone in his place, but he's gotten them bought back in and, and, you know, you have to take your, your, your hat off to him um, for, for doing a position that he doesn't need financially. He's doing it out of love and passion. Yeah, he is. And, uh, you know, certainly in Alabama offensively, they're going to have to account for, you know, Owen Papo, He's a he's a he's a good middle linebacker, no question. You know, Wooten on the defensive line, he's a good player, uh, and we know what Derek Hall did to Alabama last year. So certainly Alabama's got to have a plan for Derek Hall. I think he's going to play ten plus years in the NFL. He's all he saved his best for Alabama last year, so they got to protect Bryce Young, and I think you do that by running the football too, making them account for that. And I certainly hope Alabama attacks that way. 
Uh, you know, I think Auburn's secondary has, has gotten a little better, but I still think it can be had and at times. I know the first half, Western Kentucky did a really nice job against them. Uh, but, again, Auburn's playing much better football than they did a month ago. So, hopefully this has got Alabama's attention, no question about it. And uh, they need to, you know, have one of their better games and play complimentary football, force turnovers defensively, get off the field on third down, and then also – uh, run the football, help Bryce Young, and then, of course, Bryce do his thing, uh, you know, throw the football effectively, hopefully use some RPO uh, action uh, to, you know, kind of uh, to uh, get, put, put the pressure there on uh, the Auburn defense. And if you have a chance, you know, you can't – the pocket is not going to – you can't – you're not going to be able to stand back there, make some plays with your legs, but get out of bounds, don't take the contact, uh, you know, and, and, and protect yourself. Uh, because, again, this could be his last game in a Crimson Tide uniform. So you just want to go out the right way uh, and you want to get the win. And that's going to be the key. And Alabama had three turnovers yesterday. They can't – they keep committing these catastrophes in special teams. They've got to stop doing that. They cannot have a special teams turnover or a block punt, something like that, to give Auburn momentum. And then, you, you know, Isaiah Bond, love that kid. I hope he has a breakout game. But he had a fumble yesterday. You can't have that. Uh, and so, again, Alabama ended – and then Milrow threw a late interception. But hopefully if he's playing, Alabama's got it salted away late in the fourth quarter. But you just cannot turn the football over. But personally, I think it's going to be Bryce wire to wire. Alabama's going to need to do that to put it away because I have respect for this Auburn team. And I know they're going to bring it, no doubt about it. And hopefully Alabama – you know, I know that McPherson's now handling the kicking, but Reichert will give them an edge there. Burnup has had an underrated year, hopefully – he can help them a time or two, pin Auburn deep. And just, uh, again, Alabama can hopefully play, play three uh, – uh, three well, in all three phases, pardon me, and, and win this game. I mean, I'll just, I'll just say this. I, I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction. I'm going to – I think Alabama is going to be under the number. I think it's going to be a four-quarter fight. I think it's going to be 27-16. to 16. Um, I think, uh, you know, Jace McClellan is going to have another nice game for Alabama. Hopefully, Jameer Gibbs can have 125 all-purpose yards, maybe even make a big play as a kickoff returner. Hopefully, this rest is going to benefit him because he's taken most of the last two games off. Hopefully, he'll be fresh, and then he can put on a show for these scouts because, again, we don't know if he's going to uh, you know, play in the bowl game. He, his draft stock is, is – uh, I've seen him in some first-round mocks, so we will see, no doubt about it. Uh, and so, it's going to be just a really interesting week and a really interesting game, and I'm going to go to you, Thomas. I know you gave the listener some of your thoughts before I joined, but um, ha, ha, what is your feel on this game? I know you uh, when when we were talking about LSU, you didn't have a great feel for that, and Alabama certainly didn't get the job done. But uh, how do you feel about this matchup with Auburn? So, on paper, this Auburn team is is really, really, really not very good. Um, don't underestimate the fact that a lot of people, a lot of players transferred, and Brian Harson really couldn't backfill. So, yeah. from a pure talent standpoint, Alabama's the decided advantage. Auburn's offense is sixty forty run to pass, and I don't know how you get concerned with what Auburn's going to bring out as a passing group. I mean, Ashford is not that good. He's a great running quarterback. But passing, I mean, I'm not sure I don't throw a prettier ball than he does over 25 yards. So, <laughs> so, and this, Auburn's just not a very good football team. Like, again, I'll give you the statistical side. 
Auburn's not a very good football team. They have played a brutally difficult schedule, but against that schedule, if you have a decided talent advantage, Auburn has gotten their faces kicked in. This is going – Alabama is the most talented team Auburn will have seen outside of Georgia. And that Auburn-Georgia game was a laugher. So I, I'm not willing to say that Alabama will cover a three-touchdown spread because, as you've said, those kids are going to believe. And getting a group of 18- to 22-year-old kids to believe, they can do some interesting stuff. Auburn does have something to play for because if they beat Alabama, they go to a bowl. And, you know, that's that's 15 practices for whoever the next coach of the Auburn Tigers is could be to build his program. And it's a payoff for those kids uh, after what has only – you can only describe as a brutal year for Auburn. I mean, it's not been pretty from a statistical standpoint. Watching them play has been excruciating nine times out of ten. Not because it's Auburn, but because it's just been bad. But I think that Alabama has learned the hard way over the past, you know, particularly against Ole Miss, that they have their offense functions best. And it didn't function great against Ole Miss, but it certainly functioned best when it's some semblance of balance run pass. And I think Jace McClellan can get some things done. And if Alabama can stay balanced, I know I said they're not going to, they can cover the number. Overall, I think that the talent is such a big like, – there's just no comparing these two football teams. It's, it's kind of comical how mismanaged Brian Harson was with this program. I think Auburn's going to come out, and don't be surprised if – you're sitting at halftime, and it's, you know, Alabama 17-14. Or maybe it's Auburn 17-14. They're going to find some things that are going to make Alabama fans throw tables or throw chairs and flip tables, excuse me. They're going to find some stuff. They're, you know, they're going to – I'm sure they'll pop us a, a trick play, and here's hoping that Alabama's defense is disciplined enough to stop it. One thing I will be interested to see when it comes to this team is because Auburn leans so heavily on the run, what happens if, like, how does this team, how do they respond if it's, you know, second and ten because Alabama gets a stuff or it's second and eight, you know, something like that. If Alabama can get Auburn off schedule, that could really start leaning because Alabama's going to try and lean on this Auburn defense pretty hard. But overall, I think Alabama's going to win this game. I do think that while Auburn will play inspired football, that Alabama, you know, they, they have been a team of listless first halves for the vast majority of this year. I expect another listless first half coming into this game. But Alabama's done a pretty good job of circling the wagons in the second half and in tight games keeping within spitting distance or even taking the lead as they did against Tennessee and the back-and-forth fourth-quarter brawl that was the LSU game. I think Alabama circles the wagons, and I think Alabama does pull away to win. I think I've got them winning 34-20 over the Auburn Tigers, Drew. Well, and William, uh, I know you were talking about giving your prediction. Uh, both Thomas and I have it under the number. I know you do as well. You are, you know Auburn. You said many times since when I joined you guys that Auburn's going to play with their hair on fire. What is your kind of feel for this ball game that you played in 
uh, you know, you were part of five of these as you redshirted as a freshman, but you were a part of this rivalry. You were part of both sides winning and losing. Uh, certainly, uh, you guys controlled the series while you were there, though. But uh, just talk about uh, the game, uh, your, your feel for it on Saturday afternoon in Brian Denny. I think Alabama wins 28-17, Drew. Mm, yeah, we're on similar paths, yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting. There's no doubt about it. I, I think uh, that uh, it's going to be, a, a, you know, a, a, an emotional game. But I actually think what Carnell's done may help Alabama because uh, it's. It, I think it could have been a flat iron bowl with the way Harson was coaching that team because there wasn't any energy. Uh, there wasn't a lot of belief. I think Carnell has injected it uh, with belief. And I think he understands the rivalry, being from Atala, being from Etowah, somebody that had a lot of success in the game. And hopefully Nick Saban can motivate his guys. And, and there's going to be some guys from Alabama uh, that, uh, you know, want to play better in the game than they did a year ago. And they got to understand that Auburn's going to pour everything into this. Thomas already mentioned it. I mean, they, they would be bowl eligible. And I'll stick to my prediction. If they were to upset Alabama, Carnell would be named the coach Sunday. But I think Alabama will win the game 27-16. I think they'll have a new football coach by the end of the next week uh, because of the uh, portal coming up. We know, uh, you know, on December the 5th, the portal is going to be, you know, like flooded with – I'm you know, there, there's probably going to be thousands of guys in the portal. It's probably going to stun a lot of people. There'll be guys from Alabama and Auburn in the portal. But it's going to be very important. And then don't forget, you know, on December 21st through the 23rd is the early signing period. Recruiting is going to get crazy, especially with NIL and some coaching movement. And so it's a, it's mostly about getting the last few pieces if you're Alabama with 23 commitments and then holding on to what you've got. And so there's going to be some interesting battles down the stretch, no doubt about it. And Alabama is going to be trying to hold on, you know, to this number one ranked recruiting class. And then to top it all and uh, to, to change subjects just really quickly, uh, you know, for our listeners, you know, how about that Alabama basketball team? How exciting they are. Um, you know, they, they, they get two really good wins last week. Uh, you know, and they and one of them, you know, wasn't, you know, a great shooting performance, uh, so to speak. But it still uh, was a, a situation where I thought Alabama played pretty well uh, and got a nice win. And, you know, and uh, they were able to beat South Alabama on the road 65-55 as their first you know, true road game. Uh, we saw Brandon Miller have 19 and play well. Alabama, once again, had 63 rebounds. They've been one of the leading rebounding teams, you know, in the country. Uh, and we saw Alabama, uh, you know, uh, we also saw Noah Clowney had 15 rebounds of his own in that game. So it was a really good performance, I thought. I thought Jaden Bradley did some good things in his, uh, you know, 19 minutes. He had seven points. Alabama only had one guy in double figures. But it's that freakazoid Miller, as I said, and he still ended up with 19 and eight and just an unbelievable player. So please enjoy watching him. And then you saw the kind of the fruits of the labor on Friday night as Alabama went off after a little bit of a slow start. Uh, they went off against Jacksonville State uh, and was able to uh, hang half, a, you know, hang 100 points on them, 104 to 62. Brandon Miller once again goes crazy in the game uh, and uh, ends up, I believe, officially I think he had 28 in the contest just an unbelievable performance he was nine of 12 from the floor had seven threes eight rebounds three assists just an unbelievable performance and Alabama as a team uh, just shot the lights out 52 percent nearly as a team and hit 21 threes two off of the school record and still had 49 rebounds and also 23 assists they're starting to share the ball 
they're just a really fun team to watch. And they're going to have their biggest test of the season coming up on Thanksgiving night at 930 over in Portland, Oregon. They're going to take on Michigan State and Tom Izzo, who just knocked off Kentucky in double overtime. So we really will see a litmus test for Alabama Hoos. But it's just been fun watching Alabama basketball go 4-0 and and seeing this team start to gel and really show the, the uh, propensity to rebound and defend, but also to be explosive offensively and shoot the basketball, guys. And it's certainly, you know, it's funny. We, we generally step away after football, but, Drew, I think we might, you know, we might have to keep Bams rolling because this season, this is going to be a fun team to watch. I did not get to go to the game uh, in Mobile. Unfortunately, it tipped so late, and I had a red elephant. Nine o'clock, yep. Yeah, I had a Red Elephant Club meeting. I, I have joined the Alabama Mafia because my mother has been a member for a long time, and, well, she needed someone to drive her. So, you know, there you go. Uh, I'm that guy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's been, it's been fun to think about. You know, I realize that the teams that Alabama has beaten up on are not the same as what they're going to see throughout a chunk of their schedule. I mean, they've got – you mentioned Michigan State – uh, Houston's going to be around as is Gonzaga and those are you know those are legit teams so we'll find out what this team is made of but it's certainly exciting to start and uh, it could really be a big weekend for Alabama athletics between the Iron Bowl and should Alabama basketball have a good showing against Michigan State Drew it's going to be real exciting to watch well it is and I appreciate you guys for waiting on me uh, we appreciate all the listeners for joining us and uh, continuing to listen to BAMS radio. Uh, we've all got it under the number, but we've got Alabama beating Auburn for the third straight time, and this team going 10-2 and two and heading to a New Year's Six Bowl. We will certainly break it all down uh, next Sunday, and hopefully it will be a victorious Iron Bowl for the University of Alabama. Uh, you know, again, it's it's been a, a difficult season, and I think we've got some changes coming, but these kids have still competed hard, and they still represent the Crimson jersey, and hopefully they will go out uh, and take Auburn out, send them into the new era, whoever they hire as head coach, finish recruiting strong, and then this reset, this third one upcoming for Nick Saban will go well and keep them atop college football. But certainly, uh, we appreciate everybody. We want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we appreciate you for supporting BAMS Radio. And uh, we always enjoy the feedback. Love bringing you the Crimson Tide conversation. I want to thank Thomas the Wizard Watts in the city of Mobile for producing this show and uh, bringing you his analytical takes, his outstanding football conversation. I want to thank William Redfish Barger, uh, you know, uh, for uh, his insight as a former player, a part of this rivalry, and always giving us his thoughts on Alabama football. And uh, I just also want to thank, uh, you know, everyone out there who's con continued to, uh, you know, uh, encourage us and want us to bring you BAMS Radio every football season. We certainly uh, enjoy it and love it. And we do it from the bottom of our hearts uh, because we love the University of Alabama and the football program. But happy Thanksgiving to all of our listeners, and uh, good night, everybody, and roll tide, and we'll be coming to you next Sunday, wrapping up another Iron Bowl and another regular season for the University of Alabama.